Please note, if you're listening to this, you must be 18 years of age or older. This podcast contains adult themes and may include descriptions that listeners could find offensive. Thank you. The key to pursuing excellence is to embrace an organic, long-term learning process and not to live in a shell of static, safe mediocrity. Usually, growth comes at the expense of previous comfort or safety. Joshua Weiskin. Welcome to the Kinky Nerdy Polly Podcast. This is episode 31. Hello, this is G. This is M. And today, what are we talking about today, M? We are talking about learning newest skills. And specifically, I didn't want to make the title too long, but I think I wanted to add like learning new skills specifically in the light of mental health issues and the pandemic. Okay. So just a content note for everybody that this episode will briefly discuss mental health issues. And I want to thank everyone who voted in the Discord poll in the fan-created Kinky Discord server to choose this topic. Uh, It was between this topic and on being a foodie and mixology and stuff, so maybe that's a future episode that we'll do. But the most votes went towards learning new skills, so we'll do that. And if you'd like to join the Discord... If you'd like to join the Discord, you can fill out the application at the link provided in the show notes. Yeah, it's a small but growing community. It's a very small community so far, but it's been really lovely to interact with folks who listen to our podcast or who are just interested in kink and polyamory in general. So, you know, at the beginning of this episode, G, I just wanted to make it clear to like everybody who's listening or tuning in. All of our KNPAF. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be learning new skills or hobbies during this quarantine or life in general if you don't want to. There are a lot of factors that, you know, impact motivation and inspiration. But for this episode, we are going to discuss how we have acquired new skills and hobbies, both in and out of quarantine, and how we did that facing our own mental health struggles. So that is some background. I don't want to like, you know, take over this whole beginning, but I had a lot, I had a lot to frame this episode. I know. I think you have like a whole two pages of notes. I have a whole two pages of notes. It's, it's a lot, but I don't want to take it over G. So I, okay. Do you have well, anything that you'd like to say from the outset? Well, to go along with what you said, like you don't have to learn new skills, but I suspect that there's, there's at least like one skill you probably want to learn, you know, no matter who you are, there's probably one thing that you'd like to you know, learn more about, but there's, it's perfectly fine to not like learn practical skills if you don't have interest in it. For example, I know that learning more about car mechanics and learning more about how to take my car would probably save me a lot of money and would, you know, make my car last longer, but I have no interest in that area. So I never bothered to pick it up besides the most basic stuff. You know, if you're looking, you know, don't be afraid to search for something that you think is going to uh, spark your interest when it comes to learning a, a new skill or finding a new hobby. Absolutely. And to go along with that, you know, I have coped with depression and anxiety. So if you have depression, 
anxiety, other mental health conditions, sometimes like the last thing you want to do is start to learn something new. And that is totally understandable. But science actually is continuing to show that learning can help slow cognitive aging and improve mental well-being overall. So it might be hard to get started at first for sure. And I've been there, but it can also prove to be immensely helpful. So just to give you some sources, uh, the National Health Services of the UK emphasizes learning new skills to improve mental health. This is a quote from their website. Uh, Research shows that learning new skills can also improve your mental well-being by boosting your self-confidence and raising self-esteem, helping you build a sense of purpose, helping you connect with others. And I think this next part is really interesting too. Even if you don't feel like you have enough time or you may not need to learn new things, there are lots of different ways to bring learning into your life. And some of their suggestions include trying to cook something new, taking on new responsibility at work, such as mentoring junior members of your staff, or improving presentation skills, working on a DIY project, signing up for a course at a local college, or trying new hobbies, like taking up a sport, learning to paint. But one of these things that really resonated with what you just said, G, was one of their big don'ts. This is what not to do. Do not feel you have to learn new qualifications or sit exams if this does not interest you. It's best to find activities you enjoy and make them a part of your life. So don't go trying to fit something into your life that you are like totally resistant to, you have no interest in. I think that's very important. And also to um, to echo one of the things you said, it's fairly cheap to go to your local community college and sign up for a class. And yep. You don't have to do it for a grade. You're just doing it to learn new things. So I'm going to be talking about about this later in the episode. But one of the hobbies I've picked up over my life is um, metalworking slash jewelry making. And we had a couple of people who are in who are in my uh, in my class uh, when I took that community college that were just like, yeah, I've I've been in retirement and this felt like a interesting thing to learn and for something for me to do. While I'm in retirement. So don't be afraid to check out your uh, local community college and see if there's anything that interests you there. That's a great idea. And if you also don't have the money for community college, there are a lot of universities offering free online courses. And in a similar vein, although it's not a college that's offering courses, I have often utilized Codecademy to learn some new coding programming skills. So there are also some free options as well. Yeah, off the top of my head, there's Khan Academy, I believe. Oh, yeah. Is that free? I thought they charged. Uh, I thought they at least started off free. I don't know. I haven't checked on it in years. Okay. But I remember them starting off as being free. And then uh, also Crash Course by uh, the Vlog Brothers is very educational. And they've got everything from, I think world history to organic chemistry courses on a crash course on YouTube. So nice. there's lots of good uh, free resources out there if you, uh, if you want to uh, learn something. Definitely. And because I wanted to frame this episode with some resources um, and some, you know, actual references, we will also link to a scientific article that talks about adult mental health and how it relates to learning. And basically they did show that education and learning in adulthood is actually very important for mental well-being. So we will post that link in the show notes. Yeah, actually, I'm going to write a note so I remember to post a link to both Khan Academy and Crash Course in the show notes because I didn't think of that until we started recording. 
That is totally okay. These things come up. So for me, quarantine, when quarantine set in, we talked a little bit about some of these things in some of our pandemic episodes, like nerding out inside polyamory in a pandemic and kink in a time of coronavirus. But we didn't really talk about some of these more skill-based things or hobbies-based things. So quarantine paved the way to rejuvenate my creative energy and drive. I was in a pretty severe depression when the pandemic first hit and I had to be isolated and I really miss people. And so I turned inward and I tried to reflect on my feelings and like, what did I want to get back in touch with? And something that I used to do when I was younger was paint and draw. And I, I really wanted to get back into that. So I thought, well, we're stuck inside. Might as well um, get back into that. And I want to say, you know, I'm not very good at it. You know, I'm not some amazing artist, but I know many people feel that way about their art. They'll say, you know, oh, I'm not an artist. And for me, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with not being amazing at it. I just do it to have fun. And I also do it because it's relaxing and grounding. I know a lot of people these days are into adult coloring books, coloring, yeah. even just coloring, very relaxing. Yeah. I mean, just finding uh, something that you can zen out to, I think is useful. Definitely. And it gets into a nice flow. So similarly to that quarantine, you know, along the lines of creativity also inspired me to start writing stories. And I know GLRG, you had said that you recently started getting back into writing as well. Dipping my toe. <laughs> I'm not sure how well that dip went, but I'm, I'm trying. Well, I think slow and steady wins the race. And so, you know, just keep chipping away. <laughs> I started writing fan fiction because actually what happened was I started reading a lot of fan fiction, which I think I've mentioned in our Nerding Out Inside episode. So then I started writing fan fiction. And at first, I kind of just shared that with people that I, that I love and I trust and they were supportive. And I also shared some of it on the Discord. And it's helpful to be able to first share these things with people who you know will support you or a supportive community, even if you don't know people personally. At least that's helpful for me because I get validated like, oh, wow, my friends think this is great. Of course, they're your friends. They're biased. They're going to think it's great because it's a creation that you made. But after that, I did end up posting a fan fiction on Archive of Our Own, AO3, for the first time. And I was nervous. You know, I was really nervous, gee, getting it out there into the world where anybody can read it. They can comment. They can like it, whatever. That was nerve wracking. Yeah, it's always nerve wracking when you put something out there. It's like this podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, I still get nervous about putting out this podcast. And so not everyone is going to like your stuff. It's just a reality of life. People have different preferences. So like, don't let the negative feedback get you down. Because I will tell you, I have let it got, get me down. G knows. G mm -hmm. knows that I've let it get me down. But sometimes there's good constructive feedback that can come from it. Sometimes. Sometimes people are just assholes, but sometimes there's good constructive feedback that can come with it. So, you know, try to take the positive points when you can and uh, let the rest go. As the saying goes, take the best and leave the rest. Yes. And I also have tried recording some of these stories that I wrote. So that is going to be a potential future bonus episode, maybe even this month. 
definitely this month. It's just I've been busy with some other things that have just wrapped up. I don't know why I'm being vague. I was studying for a certificate, and I passed the the IT certificate this past Sunday, which is why this episode was delayed by a week. So now that that's done with, I have a lot more free time to work on editing uh, M's uh, fan fiction. Yeah. And, you know, again, it goes back to putting it out in the world. I honestly am very nervous about it, putting it out even on this podcast, because, gee, this podcast means a lot to us and to to you. You know, you were the one who came to me first with the idea of, I want to do this podcast. Will you do it with me? And so I don't want to put something out that's going to be like not great content. So, you know, that being said, one of the keys to acquiring new skills or hobbies is to honestly confront any perfectionism that you might have. And you don't need to judge yourself for this perfectionism. I know so many folks who really want to pursue a new skill or hobby, but then they ultimately crush themselves before they even make an attempt. And I understand that completely and totally understand it. And I used to have a lot of those tendencies and I still do sometimes. Uh, For example, uh, G knows that I've been planning on trying to run a a tabletop RPG. I want to DM a game and I still haven't done it. I still haven't DM'd a game because I'm getting in my head like, oh no, it's not going to be perfect. I have to have everything planned. What if, what if I don't know what to do? So, you know, that's holding me back in that arena. And I just, I'm going to be honest about that. Perfectionism is the uh, enemy of good enough, I think, as the saying goes. Oh, that's a good saying. I didn't know that one. I am going to write that one down. I may have just made it up, but I feel like I've heard that before. (laughs) Well, I like it, and I'm going to take that with me. Okay. The one thing that did help me with the perfectionism bit was listening to a podcast, a different podcast that the creators of Welcome to Night Vale put out, and I'm sorry, I forget the name of it. But they put out a podcast where they talked about how they actually ended up creating Welcome to Night Vale as, like, how do they do the things? And they talked about in the first episode and the first second episode, like, how they just did the thing. They, they just produced content that no one liked originally, or they produced content that wasn't amazing, and then they were learning from it. And to hear that from really successful podcasters, like the people who created Welcome to Night Vale, it just made me feel like, wow, it's okay to put out shitty content. It's okay, it's okay if it's not perfect. And in fact, it makes you better. So of course, that sounds logical, like just do it. But as I said, like at the beginning, it's not always that easy. So it's one thing to intellectually say like, oh, yes, failure is the first step on the road to success. But it's different when you're going through the emotions of having spent a lot of time and energy doing your best to create something and the end product is something that even you recognize is not that great. (laughs) Uh, And like the emotions of that moment are not, are just not nice, but you got to keep on trudging. Definitely. So what we've been talking about so far is kind of like creative things like writing, painting and drawing, but there are some other things too. And um, not to say that they're not creative, but they're kind of in a different domain, at least for me. And the two things that I'm thinking of, like in terms of learning new skills is learning a new language and learning a new instrument. And so I started learning Japanese on Duolingo. And currently, you know, today I'm up to a 74 day streak, and I practice a little bit every day, like 1015 minutes, and it just adds up. 
And when I, I'm saying this, like, I'm actually impressed by how much I've learned just practicing a tiny little bit of Japanese every day. And it gives me something kind of to, um, you know, say like, wow, I accomplished that little bit of a thing. So even small steps every day do add up. Do you get that same feeling, G? Do you feel like, you know, your little efforts every day help? I mean, yeah, each day builds upon the next. And I've, uh, I, now I know somebody said this to me, uh, but I'm going to butcher whatever they said. This was in reference to writing, but I think it really goes to any skill where it's like, write a page a day. And uh, it had to do with like time. I was like, ask if you're asking yourselves like, you know, why should I do this thing? You know, do I have the time to do this thing? Like either way, in a year's time, you're still going to be there. The right. question is, are you going to have written this thing or not? Right. This the time will still have passed. Yeah. Absolutely. Something else that I found is very helpful in learning new skills, and I'll use this example of learning a new language, is the support of friends. And I had mentioned that in terms of creativity, but in this realm, it's a little bit different for me. So my friend had given me some hiragana practice books. You know, she's she's Japanese, and she um, went home to Japan for the holidays, and she came back, and she gifted me some actual books that, you know, little kids will use in Japan to help them practice their hiragana and katakana. So just having that gift was so sweet. And then it makes me even more motivated than to actually practice. So friends or partners, they can all help to support these new skills. And specifically in terms of if you want to learn a new language, even though children are generally better at learning languages than adults, adults can still learn new languages. So just Go in with it, you know, go in with an open mind because I know a lot of people will say like, oh, well, it would have been easier when I was little. Yeah, I probably would have. But you can still learn a new language now. Uh, Yeah. And trying to build upon what we've said previously, it doesn't actually have to be a real life language. (laughs) I know plenty of people who have learned Klingon because they love Star Trek. Uh, Same thing with Tolkien's uh, Elvish. Right. Just do whatever sparks your interest. And regardless of whether or not it is a, uh, it is a, um, not that this is a real language, because I feel like Klingon is pretty much a real language, right? But whether or not it is something that a lot of people are speaking or not speak, you know, whatever the situation may be, it is still like learning the thing itself is still exercising your brain. You know, you're working out your brain and that's important. I find it's very similar to learning a new instrument. So languages and instruments and music, they have many things in common. Like for me, music is very similar to language and learning both at the same time has actually been proven to help with the other skills. So, you know, music is going to help your language abilities and vice versa. So my friend who gave me the Hiragana practice books, she actually also gave me an old keyboard of hers. And um, I've been trying to learn some piano And I find that I get better at both of them in really similar ways. But I will be honest that I have not been practicing the piano nearly as much as I've been practicing Japanese. And a lot of that has to do with my physical limitations. But either way, both of these activities, I think they mutually benefit each other. Learning new skills and new knowledge, it gives you a 
a broader it gives you a broader base to pull uh to make more connections to you know synthesize your knowledge in different ways so you know everything you add to your toolbox skill and hobby and knowledge wise compounds upon itself definitely well said g and doing the things are great compounding the knowledge and gathering the the skills is great, but also equally important is rest days and breaks from your skills and hobbies. And I say this based on my personal experience that like your skills actually get stronger with an occasional break or a rest day. So we actually, we learn a lot and we solidify knowledge as we sleep, right? Like I always used to hear that advice when I'd be studying for a test. It's like, make sure to get a good night's sleep after you study because you're going to solidify more of that information. And I will also say that good sleep or rest, it doesn't have to be sleep, but even just a rest or a break can also reinvigorate our creative processes. So when we take those breaks, we can get new insights to what we're learning or new ideas for artistic inspiration. And I had one example of this, which was I was painting, I was doing a watercolor painting and something wasn't going right with it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to put this down for now. And I, I set it down and I let it go for couple days and at one point I had like an epiphany like it just came to me this image in my head it was so vivid and clear I saw exactly what I needed to paint and at that moment I went back to the painting and I did exactly what I saw in my brain and it was just incredible that I could actually like make that happen and I think that it (laughs) wouldn't have been as good if I would have persisted in the moment and would have tried working on it. it Yeah, forcing it. Exactly. I feel like this is this is not uncommon like trope in our media and and it's true to like real life is that sometimes it's good to just sleep on decision and like decide what to do the next morning as your brain has, you know, your subconscious has gotten time to absorb the knowledge and uh, given you time to sort of think on it. And I'm not going to say every single time I've had a problem and stepped away I've always come up with a solution to that problem, but a lot of times I'll just be like, you know, I've been bashing my head against this brick wall of a problem for the past hour. Like, obviously this is going nowhere, so let me just do something else. And after a little while, just the solution will come up to my mind. Definitely. I've had that experience for sure. And sometimes these revelations or solutions to puzzles or problems Sometimes they actually do occur in my sleep. Like I'll have a dream that might answer a a problem that I've been having. And that's always really exciting. But yeah, so I feel like breaks is one thing that can be help. That can help. (laughs) That can help. Um, Another thing that's really helpful is setting goals. And research is, again, showing that setting goals, even the small goals, help us to feel accomplished. And that, in turn, can actually motivate us to do more. And I remember hearing a life coach talk about this, like, I think she was saying like, well, if you if you say that you're going to like run a mile, and then you don't do it, then it will, like, if you don't try, not that you don't do it. But like, let's just say you say you're going to run a mile, and then you decide just not to do the thing at all. It will reinforce that you are not going to accomplish your goals. Whereas like, if you say you're going to run a mile, and you start and then you try really hard, and then you realize like halfway in, oh, I got to stop, that actually still will reinforce like that you are accomplishing something. And so hitting the goals is really important, but also 
you don't have to just think about hitting the goal. You can think about the journey along to the goal. And so I know people who have a really hard time with this. They set really unrealistic goals for themselves. They put too much pressure on themselves. And just going to say like one step at a time. So one of my goals for this year that I put forth at the beginning of the year was to be able to pass the N5 Japanese proficiency exam, which is like the lowest level of proficiency by the end of the year. So that is my personal goal to myself for the end of the year. And I'm not going to be upset if I don't hit that goal, but having that goal and striving for it is in itself uh, very commendable. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And you certainly have learned, at least to me, it certainly seems like you've learned a lot of Japanese um, in these past few months. But uh, since we're talking, you know, about goal setting and mental health, I guess I'd like to talk a little bit about sort of how how I've I've dealt with with setting goals when I've not had good mental health. Yeah. So I'm not sure I've actually talked about this on the podcast before, but I have a pretty uh pretty chronic case of uh, major depressive syndrome and I know how hard it can be to to do the simplest thing when you're in the depths of depression. And so one of the things I would do is I would just, one of the things I started to do was uh, bullet journaling, which is just basically like make a list and just of like tasks and events and just cross off tasks as you complete them. And I would just do like, in my bullet journal, I just put like brush teeth because <laughs> that that was the I, I needed to brush my teeth and I didn't feel like doing it. So that was my goal. One of my goals was to actually brush my teeth. That's a good goal. And also, I'm not afraid. I know there's some people who don't like doing this, but I'm not afraid of I did something I will put it on my to-do list and then cross it off that I accomplished it. Absolutely. <laughs> even though it wasn't originally on my to-do list. And again, that even helps to, in your brain, that almost helps to, again, make those accomplishment connections. Yeah. So if you are going through a tough time, these are the bits of advice that I have <laughs> had to uh, learn myself and I offer freely to you and hope that they help you. I think that's great advice, for sure. I also do a bit of bullet journaling, and I know we sort of had a discussion a little bit about this in the Discord, but bullet journaling originally started out just like you said, G. It's that idea of just writing down a list, just bullet points of tasks and events that have happened, and a very clean and kind of organized, simple system. And it has evolved into something that is a much more creative process. So like, you'll see a lot of really fancy bullet journals with like stickers and like people who like map out their whole month in like a really pretty calendar and they do all sorts of drawings and stuff. And I sort of got into doing that and I've been on and off into that for the past several years. And what I will say about it is that I don't stick to it in a rigid way. I think that's something else with like goals, skills, hobbies, all of these things is like, don't push yourself to have like like we've already talked about the perfectionism, but I don't even mean that, but just like 
Some days I will do a whole journal entry in my bullet journal, which is like antithetical to bullet journals, but it's what helps me. So like some days I'll do that. Some days I'll do bullet points, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do what is helpful. If the, I think what I was trying to go with there is be flexible, be flexible with your ideas about things. Okay. Yeah. I'm i uh, I'm a big proponent of, of flexibility and not adhering too rigidly to uh, my thought just disappeared. That's okay. I know you have a lot to talk about too, like all of your job stuff. Yeah. So I didn't start I didn't start 2020 in a great place. I was working as a as a rideshare driver and becoming very intimately uh acquainted to the fact that the uh, gig economy is not great. <laughs> And I really didn't have a good idea of where I was going in my life. What eventually happened was I ended up I ended up looking for a job training program. I ended up uh, going into an IT job training program. So a lot of my time in quarantine has been spent, you know, stuffing my brain full of IT and tech-related knowledge. And you've kicked butt. Yeah got a couple certificates and that has directly led to me getting a job in the in the field where you know I don't have to drive 12 hours a night to try to make a gas and rent money and so yeah most of most of the knowledge that I've been learning in in 2020 has been related to to this field, which I'm now in, and I really like being in compared to a lot of my previous jobs. And don't don't be afraid to, um, you know, if you're in a bad place, and trust me, I was in a bad place at the start of 2020. Don't be afraid to sort of take a chance to try to improve your, improve your situation. Of course, you know, I'm blessed to have a supportive family and supportive friends who have helped me the entire way, but it's, it can be difficult. I'm not going to lie, but if you already feel like you're at rock bottom, sometimes taking a chance is what you need to do. Yes, for sure. And everybody kind of needs to assess that individually. But I will say when you started the program, I was nervous for you because you were really stressed. And I was like, oh gosh, this is going to add so much stress in your life. But you did have the benefit of having a supportive, like, family and um, community. And I I am glad that you had that. Because I think some people, those who don't have that support, might not be able to take as many risks. Yeah, and sometimes they they take the risk and it doesn't pan out. You know, of of the people who are in my class, three of them dropped out. And they were all black women who are mothers and they just didn't have the support network needed to like take care of their kids and do this job training program. And it sucks and it's not fair. Yep. But you know, that's, you know, that's why I work to try to make the world a better place. Absolutely. Now, uh, that's not to say that all I learned this year was IT related things. I've also like been learning how to cut my own hair uh, in the pandemic. You know, I don't want to go to a, a barbershop or a hairstylist right now. So I've been cutting my hair, 
and I've been watching some YouTube videos about cutting my hair different styles and uh, getting it uh, to a style I like more. I already had a clipper set uh, before the pandemic, uh, so it's just sort of a matter of breaking that clipper set out, blowing off the dust, and um, you know, watching some YouTube videos. And I'm going to mention this a lot, watching some YouTube videos, because that's where I pick up a lot of these random skills. If you can think of it, somebody's probably put a tutorial video out on YouTube about it. And it might not be a great tutorial video, but they have put out a tutorial video. So, you know, you, you watch a couple different tutorial videos and you, you pick the parts that you think are most applicable to you and you try it out. You know, I'm not going to say that I've given myself the best haircut in the world, but, you know, I've tried out different things and it's certainly not as good as if I went to like an excellent hairstylist, but it's definitely better than some haircuts I've gotten from professional barbers and hairstylists. And you also helped cut my wig. Now, yes, I helped cut your wig for the uh, for the cosplay. Yep. Forgetting the name of the character. Todoroki Shoto from My Hero Academia. Right, right. Yes. It was the red and white wig? Yes, yeah, exactly. That correctly? So yeah, because of my practicing on myself, practicing uh, cutting my hair, I was able to help M here, you know, have a better cosplay yeah to add on to this i've also um been looking into to uh making myself a uh, a quote-unquote self-cut system which is really just three mirrors that are angled together so you can see the back of your head easier i feel like there should be like a better term than self-cut system but i haven't found one on the internet yet another thing i've been doing is you know learning new recipes and I mean, this is something I was doing before the pandemic. I'm trying to, like, learn how to cook better and learn new recipes. You know, I try to, like, set a goal of, like, something I want to learn how to make. You know, one point it was, like, I wanted to learn how to make chili. And another point is, like, now I saw this recipe on Pinterest for a pistachio cheesecake. And I'm going to learn how to make the pistachio cheesecake. So, and I've been doing the same thing. Like, I've... I've been trying to sort of perfect a recipe that uh, M introduced me to, which was a uh, tofu with black pepper garlic sauce or black pepper garlic tofu. You know, we had it and I was like, I feel like there's something I could do to improve this recipe for myself. And I had some broccoli to it recently and I felt like it came out much better. So that's another thing that you can, you know, do to uh, learn stuff and, you know, improve your life. Again, I've also been watching a lot of YouTube videos related to cooking. And not only like recipe videos, but also like videos about understanding why things are cooked a certain way. So for example, I've watched a video about how washing versus not washing rice will affect how the rice comes out when you cook it. Yeah, you shared that with me, a bit of information, because I just, we happened to be cooking something and... I was like, do I wash it? Do I not wash it? And you were like, I know the answer to that. And that was really cool. Yeah. It was also the reason why I knew about milling randomly. Yes. 
I forget what the question you had about milling was, but I was able to answer it because I'd watched this one random YouTube video. Well, we were watching Food Wars and there was something that they were talking about what parts of the, not the seed or whatever it was, maybe the seed. But what the was soba noodles. Oh, yes. The buckwheat. Yes. Buckwheat. Yes. Yeah. And, and you explained to me what the milling process is like. Yeah. So... That's stuff that interests me, and you know, I've, I've I think it's been very helpful, like learning, you know, not only a recipe but why things are cooked a certain way. Yeah, and I will say too that, um, and Jean knows that I enjoy cooking a lot, and I have been cooking for a long time and trying to again learn new skills, learn new techniques. I will. I'm not the most patient with cooking, so like when I cook for myself, I like recipes that are pretty simplistic, but every once in a while, I like to challenge myself and try something completely new. And the other day I tried making almond flour bread. So it's gluten-free, dairy-free, obviously vegetarian. And I added in, I used, I followed a recipe, but I added in some rosemary and cheddar. So you get like a nice savory bread. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. So that was a little bit of a challenge for me, but it came out really well. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to try your almond bread. Almond. Almond flour bread. Almond flour bread. I don't know if you'll like it because of the consistency. I know that you, because, um, G, you and I had made some lemon olive oil pancakes. And that wasn't your favorite. I mean, I feel like the consistency I expect from pancakes is very different from the consistency I expect from bread. Uh, so I think it might be good. It's very I'm going spongy. to try it. What'd you say? It's very spongy. Okay. But anyways, so you were going to talk about uh, edutainment. So edutainment, there are some, you know, there are just some topics that the person who does it presents it in an interesting way. So for example, there's one YouTuber I watch who sort of breaks down how appliances work and he does so in what I find to be a fun and compelling manner you know i'm not going to say that knowing how a dishwasher works you know really vastly improves the quality of my life but you know it's a it's nice to know wow this is how this thing works and uh you know you can make a little bit a little tweak to your uh to your life you know to make that thing run more efficiently and now that you have that knowledge and you know he presents it in a funny way uh, in in a not a funny way he presents it in a fun way uh, so it's not just like a dry lecture about dishwashers, which is not something <laughs> I'd watch. And uh, I know we've already mentioned it, but almost everything I've talked about, I referenced watching YouTube videos. There's just a lot of good content out there and a lot of people who are willing to help you uh, learn how to pick up certain skills. Definitely. I really agree with this. I've used YouTube to teach me a lot of different things and... I I had mentioned earlier that I also really like apps that are available, like Duolingo for learning languages. And for piano, I've been using the app Simply Piano. But I will say one advantage of YouTube over some apps is that YouTube is is free. I guess there is YouTube premium, but like, I don't think it gives you any bonuses. Like there's ads in the regular YouTube, but I would say like Duolingo is kind of similar because the premium version gets rid of the ads. It gives you a little bit of some other stuff. But like the Simply Piano app, if you want to get the premium version, which really teaches you this stuff, you have to pay. 
And so apps can be a little bit, you know, if you're, if you don't have the finances for it, that can be a barrier. Um, whereas YouTube, I found that like, there's just so much good information. Like I deviate from a lot of what I learned on YouTube, but it's fun just to like, you know, look at how do other people do watercolors or, you know, what are the general techniques just so I can be knowledgeable about them. Even if I don't end up doing exactly what those people do, it's still really helpful. Uh, yeah. Even if it's not some, even if somebody does something the way you wouldn't do it, it's, you now have that knowledge of like, oh, that's not how I do it, but it's cool that he does it that way or they do it that way. Right. For sure. And I guess one of the last things I'd like to mention is there's stuff that I know I'm still interested in learning, you know, that I haven't really had time or the space to do right now. For example, for this podcast, I would really like to learn how to actually EQ and, you know, make the the sound quality of this podcast even better. I think I've gotten pretty good at editing the podcast. Hopefully you're still listening because <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at editing the podcast. But, you know, I, I do recognize that there's room for improvement. I'd also like to get back into to metalworking and jewelry, jewelry making, which is something I already mentioned uh, towards the beginning of the episode. But, you know, that's something that's going to have to wait until I've got time and a space. That's that's one of those hobbies where you really need a space. Definitely. And, you know, I have been trying to get back into writing. It's uh, It's been difficult because on, on some level, I feel like my imagination has atrophied. But just got to keep on plugging away at it. I believe in you, G, and I believe in your imagination. Your imagination situation manifestation. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> the moment the moment you said imagination, it's like, I know what's coming next. <laughs> well, you have some final tips for people or some final recommendations. Uh, yes. So some final recommendations. So I am going to recommend... As you're looking over like potential hobbies or skills to pick up, to pick up one hobby or skill which is related to making something physical. For me, it has been metalworking and and jewelry making, but it could be you know wood carving. It could be it could be lots of things. Candle making, candle making, soap making, knitting, anything that like involves you like creating something. And I'm, I'm going to recommend this for two reasons. Firstly, I myself was personally surprised at how satisfying it is to see something, to see something that you made. And it's, at least in my experience, it's like different than writing, where it's like writing, like I put in a bunch of work and I look at what I've done. And I can be like, this is shit. I have to rewrite this. When it comes to like something like, uh, you know, making a ring, I put forward my best effort and it's like, wow, this isn't like a great ring, but it's still a ring. Like I can still put it on my finger and I made this like there's no other ring like this because I made it. Yeah. And that's super satisfying uh, in a way that's I feel like hard to convey. And the, the second reason why I think it's good to pick up at least one skill where 
you're making something with your uh, you're making something is that it gives you a very deep appreciation of how much labor goes into making handcrafted items. For sure. And at least for me, I really appreciate that I live in an industrialized world where I don't have to make everything by hand. (laughs) But it is still satisfying to make something yourself. So that is sort of my, my last tidbit for this episode. That is a great last tidbit to end on. And... Thank you for discussing this with me. This was a very, I feel like was a very enriching and educational episode. And I'm really curious if any of our KNPAF, KNP audience audience folks, will be taking up any new skills after listening to this episode or might want to brush up on some old skills. So, you know, I've never done this before. Yeah. But actually, I'm just going to ask the KNP audience folks, send us an email. Like, uh, yeah. let us know, like, uh, what skill that you've you've picked up during this quarantine, or have brushed up on, or are planning to learn after listening to this episode. I'm I'm just curious now. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking about that too. You know, feel free to email us, or if you join the Discord, that application will be in the show notes, and you can also post about it there. So, if you'd like to support us, you can always donate at the bottom. There's a link at the bottom of the show notes, and. Also, you know, if you want to uh, help somebody out with, like, the possibility of learning new skills, or if you want somebody to learn about how to podcast and you want to give us as an example of a good but not excellent edited podcast. I said it's excellent in my eyes, in my (laughs) ears. Yeah, you can. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Your brain. You can share this. Uh, you can share this episode with uh, you know your friends and uh, loved ones in this pandemic. And with that, this is G. This is M. Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KNP Podcast. You can find us at knppodcast.tumblr.com or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com. I am saying some words so I can take a look at my waveform. Ooh, you got a waveform. I got a waveform. Look at my sexy waveform. <laughs> hey, uh, oh. G. Yeah. I'll I'll show you my waveform if you show me yours. Are you proud of yourself for that? I'm very proud of myself for that. Exceedingly. Okay.